Welcome, welcome, my beautiful friends. This is Ari, and you are listening to Self Mastery with Ariana. I am going to be sharing with you today episode 23, and our topic is going to be such an important one. It's going to be teaching your children emotional intelligence. And I can't wait to dive into this subject because it's really one that I'm very passionate about. So stay tuned, my friends. my friends. Well, I hope you all had an amazing week. I've had such a busy week. Oh my goodness. My husband has been out of town and uh, I've been a single parent for the last four days. So it's been a bit challenging trying to juggle everything. And I miss him so much when he's not here. So I can't wait to um, pick him up at the airport today. So anyway, um, let's get right into this. It's a very serious topic and one that should be in the minds of every single parent. You know, I have spoken with so many friends that have children in the public school system and they often express concern for their child's emotional well-being and also the stress, right? The stress that our children are experiencing in school on a daily basis. And doesn't it seem like every other week we hear of a child taking his or her life because they just weren't able to cope. You know, they were bullied in school or because they experienced some type of social media humiliation. It truly is a devastating, devastating situation and, and, and extremely sad. Now, imagine how difficult it is for us as adults when someone is cruel to us or when someone belittles us or disrespects us, how do we feel when we don't have the approval of, of those we consider to be part of our tribe, right? We don't usually take it very well. Yet somehow we expect our children, our young children to manage it all, even though they lack the life experience, even though the part of their brain that is designed to process these types of experiences is not fully developed yet. And even though we, as their parents and caregivers, do not give them the tools that they need, the emotional tools to navigate these experiences because we ourselves don't have them. So, If you are wondering what emotional intelligence is, it is basically a life skill that allows our children or even us as adults to be smart about their emotions. Specifically, this skill allows for self-knowledge and self-acceptance, which leads to self-esteem. It allows them to be sensitive to the cues of others so that they are able to get along with their peers. It helps them develop empathy, which is basically the ability to see and feel something from the other person's point of view, which is extremely important. 
it gives them the ability to regulate those big, challenging, scary emotions like anxiety and anger and channel them in a constructive way. And I know some will disagree with what I am about to say, but I strongly believe that this skill in your child is much more, much more important than his or her IQ, his or her intelligence quotient. So it really, really deserves our attention as parents and caregivers. You know, there is much more emphasis on measuring our children's success through grades and academic achievement. We push our kids to the limit academically and even in sports. And that is all great. Don't get me wrong. Those things are important. But that alone is not going to guarantee their happiness and their success in life. And just think about it. Someone may have a master's degree or even a doctorate, but without emotional intelligence, without what's called EQ, this individual will be unable to have healthy relationships. They will be unable to have self-love and self-awareness, which are needed in order to manage life's emotional ups and downs. And with all of the pressures that our children face daily in schools, you know, they desperately need to learn about emotional stability, about managing relationships and other life skills that will allow them to develop a positive attitude despite difficulty. They need to learn about determination and self-control. And so if we delay teaching these tools to them because we think that they are incapable of processing or understanding the emotional complexities of their world, or because we figure they will figure it out on their own, just look around and think back to the last time you heard of a child taking his or her life because of something a peer did to him or her we are really setting our children up for failure. There has been research done to show that kids with emotional intelligence earn higher grades, they stay in school, and they just make better choices. And teaching our children emotional intelligence reduces their anxiety, it reduces their depression, and even reduces instances of bullying between students because our children will be able to separate someone else's opinion of them from what they think of themselves. They will be able to know when not to react to criticism from their peers or when to avoid an unfavorable situation. So I want to take a few minutes to share with you some things that you can start doing today to help your child develop this emotional intelligence, this EQ. And let me also say that 
The suggestions I am about to share with you are excellent, whether your child is two years old or 20 years old. It's never too early or never too late to start, okay? Now, the first thing is you want to acknowledge your child's perspective and be able to empathize. Even if you can't do anything about the situation that your child is upset over, okay? Feeling understood helps humans to let go of troubling emotions. And if your child's upset seems out of proportion, to the situation, which is very common, and especially during the teen years, right? Remember that kids tend to store their emotions and let themselves experience them once they feel safe. So it's really important for your child to know that, that they are safe so that they can move on. And just to be clear, Empathizing does not mean that you agree with their behavior or their actions, okay? It just communicates that you do understand their perspective. He or she may still have to do what you say, but your daughter or your son is entitled to his or her own perspective. And we all know how good it feels to have our position acknowledged, even when we don't get our way. This teaches our child emotional intelligence because children develop empathy by experiencing it from others, specifically their parents or their caregivers. Now, the second thing is you want to allow them to express the emotion without shaming them. And this is a big one. You know, I have a rule with my kids. They can express any emotion they are feeling without having to apologize, as long as they are not causing harm to themselves or someone else in the process. My 11-year-old daughter sometimes feels frustrated when she doesn't get her way. And I don't minimize her emotions at all. I don't dismiss them because I don't want her to think that feeling frustration or anger is shameful or, or even unacceptable. It doesn't mean that she gets to have her way, but I do allow her to experience the full range of her emotions by holding space for her and, and just letting her know that this is human. This is what humans do. You see, when we vocally disapprove these of, the, of these big emotions like fear or anger, it doesn't really stop our kids from having those feelings. But what it does is we force them to repress them. And repressed feelings don't ever go away, my friends. They just fester and fester, and then they show up later in more destructive and damaging ways which is what we're trying to avoid with this conversation. Now, think back to the last time that you, as an adult, experienced anger. Isn't it true that your anger is fueled when you feel ignored or when you feel not heard? Don't you get more heated? So teaching our child that all of his or her emotions are valid, but that we don't have to always act out the emotion 
is very important. It is perfectly okay for us to feel the anger, but we do not have to act out the anger. And there is a big difference between the two. And if this idea sounds foreign to you, check out my podcast on are you are you a slave to your emotions it's a really good one so just to sum this up allowing them to express the emotion teaches emotional intelligence because it helps your child accept their own emotions without guilt or shame and it helps them to move past them faster In fact, what I have found to be true with my own daughter, who again is entering puberty, is how affectionate and cooperative she becomes once we've had the chance to talk about whatever is coming up for her. So when I hold space for her by being present and listening to her without judgment and, and allowing her to let those feelings out, well, she's able to get past them very quickly. And so by allowing your children to express these emotions, you're teaching them to trust their inner emotional compass, to trust their emotional process. And they can then learn to handle their own emotions as they get older without throwing tantrums or repressing them. Now, I know this is not a popular opinion. You know, many of us grew up in households that didn't allow for self-expression at all of emotions or anything else. So if this was you, if this was your experience growing up, try to look at things from a new perspective for the benefit of your child, okay? Now, the third thing is we want to teach our children problem-solving skills. Their emotions are there to bring them messages. So we need to teach our children to breathe through them, to notice them without needing to act or react. And, and once they aren't in the grip of the strong emotion, they will be better able to figure out what is needed. What need is the emotion trying to tell them that they need, they need to give attention to in their lives? Now, even for us as adults, once our emotions are understood and accepted, the feelings sort of lose their charge, don't they? They, they kind of dissipate. And, and what this does is it leaves space for problem solving. And sometimes kids can do this by themselves. They can do this all on their own. But sometimes they may need our help in order to brainstorm on, on, you know, how to solve the problem, how to figure this out. But whatever you do, resist the urge to, to rush in and handle the problem for them unless they ask you to, okay? One of the things that my daughter has learned to, to do on her own is when she is experiencing one of those big emotions, she told me that she actually feels settled when she goes up to her room and she picks up a book to read. 
So this is kind of like her way of bringing herself back down from that big emotion, allowing it to kind of dissipate. And then once she's in a better state, we're able to have that conversation and we're able to have that dialogue that will allow her to problem solve, you know, come up with, with a solution. How do we get past this or what do we need to do in order to, um, you know, not have this happen again or not have this emotion have such a strong grip on her. So it always allows for that opportunity for the child to get the message that the emotion is there to bring and also have the confidence that they're able to handle this themselves. And what this does is it, it teaches them the need to first of all express the emotion but also the need to find constructive solutions to the problem. And that takes practice. And it also may take some modeling on our part. Now, the other thing that is very beneficial in teaching our children emotional intelligence is what I call playing it out. And I always create, you know, hypothetical situations with my children. I ask them, how would they respond, say, if, you know, they're being bullied or if someone offers them drugs or cigarettes or alcohol, um, if they are asked to keep a secret that may hurt the other person, or what if one of their friends or someone they thought was a close friend has a birthday party and they're not invited? How would they feel? How would they react? You know, we, we talk about acknowledging the hurt feelings and how there will be times when people will disappoint them. There will be times when they hear no or they'll get the feeling that someone or a group of friends may not want to be around them. But the point is to not allow those feelings to become about them and how it's okay to feel the disappointment that they'll get over it and life does go on. So my point is role play with your children. Okay. Try to take every opportunity that life presents in, on, on your day-to-day -day activities to get into their heads. Don't wait until a crisis comes up to try to figure out what are they thinking? How would they navigate a certain situation? And above all, challenge your child to be curious about other people's feelings and about other people's perspectives on life. This is so important. You know, it's a big, big world out there, my friends. We need to help our children consider what other people may be thinking or why people may act the way that they do. Now, my children love to read. They always have a book in, on, in their hands and, and they are always telling me about the characters in their books, the stories. Even though these characters are fictional, I always use this as an opportunity to, you know, talk about it and, and ask them, why do you think the main character acted that way? And what would you do in that scenario? And I find that it always leads to a really interesting conversation about emotions or about human behavior. So look for opportunities to ask your 
child or your children, what he or she may be feeling. You know, it could be that you're watching a family program or family movie. If you pay attention, you'll notice that there's so many different opportunities that will lend themselves to teachable moments about their emotional intelligence. Now, another thing that you want to do with your children is you want to give them the space to make mistakes. Your children need to learn that every action or every um, choice has a consequence. But in order for that to happen, you, mom and dad, need to allow them the autonomy to make these choices, to make their own choices. Now, I know this is hard because they're your babies, but you have to be willing to give up some of that need for control. You need to give them the room to fail and to figure out on their own. Now, oftentimes, my son and daughter insist on not wearing a jacket, even when it's a bit chilly outside, or they may decide to skip breakfast because they don't like what I've made for breakfast. So I don't argue with them. I don't force them. I allow them to experience the cold and I allow them to experience the hunger. And, and yes, I do feed them eventually. But the point is that they understand that if they choose not to eat before we leave the house, it will be hours before they enjoy another meal and it will not be pleasant. And if they choose not to bring a coat or not to wear a jacket, they're gonna be feeling kind of cold. And they might think twice the next time um, we go out. Now, I believe that by allowing the outcome of the experience, as long as they're not in real danger, of course, our children learn that there are consequences to their choices and that they are responsible for their actions. We also need to teach our children to be optimistic and to be grateful. Just like with us adults, gratitude is very much connected to our emotional stability. So it is important to teach our children to focus on the positive when challenges come our way, because this is what actually allows us to get through the difficult challenges. You know, if they had a low test score and they're down about it, or maybe they're having um, an issue with a friendship with one of their peers, allowing them to focus on what is going right in their lives will help them get through these moments. And just giving them the awareness that this too shall pass. It, it may feel like the world is ending in that moment, but once you allow yourself to feel the emotion, you can get past it and move on. And it's also okay for you to let them peek behind the curtain, so to speak. And what I mean by that is, it's okay for our children to see that we ourselves go through our own processes as we work through our own emotions. It's okay to let them see us when we're feeling frustrated or you know, to watch us step away and take a walk when we're needing that break for self-care. For us to, we should be okay telling them that we're feeling stressed, that 
we're going to choose self-care or we're going to go work out or do something else to clear our head. Let them see that this is a process for us too, that we are a work in progress and we are also trying to figure it out. Talk about your feelings, you know, be honest about the times when you feel sad or impatient or nervous or angry or afraid. When you mess up or act out with or around your children, instead of trying to sweep it under the rug, acknowledge it and apologize and and repair any damage that you may have caused with your words or with your actions. This, my friends, this is modeling emotional intelligence for our children. This is taking responsibility for our emotions and for our actions. And this is how they will learn how it's done. You know, our children's emotional fitness is just as important, if not more, than their academic success. And I really hope that you are moved to apply some of these suggestions because they really create an environment where our children can make sense of their emotions and their experiences and and also learn how to take responsibility for them. This skill set is perhaps the largest predictor of not only our child's success in life, but their happiness as well. I love you all, and I will catch you on the next one. so much for hanging out with me today and please feel free to leave me your feedback or questions and if you want to subscribe email me at support at selfmasterywithariana.com. I will catch you on the next one. Have a good week.